Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, sports fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL podcast, episode number 514. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, coming to you from sunny Merritt. Actually, it's kind of dark outside right now, but there you go. Uh, How's things going with you guys in your world? Uh, It's come Christmas's coming. This is going to be our last podcast until the new year. We're going to take a Christmas vacation, hiatus, or whatever you want to call it, and we're going to come back and talk some football in January. We don't expect a lot to happen between now and then, although there's a lot of things that need to happen. Uh, there's a, Ottawa's got to do some figuring out what they're going to do with their coach and staff. You've got to realize that when we come back, when we come back, free agency is only six weeks away. Okay? So it's about nine weeks right now. We're going to take three of them off. And I think most people are going to take the Christmas off in the CFL industry. So it's excuse me there's not going to be a lot happening so you know we'll come back in january and make a really good show uh but yeah we'll see what happens i mean the riders really need to get their shit together and they're not doing that very well um and and we're going to talk about that because more than likely more than anything they just can't do anything and that's sad and, you know, I'm almost feeling bad for Ryder fans, but then I slap myself and realize, that, what an idiot. Don't do that. Um, yeah, so uh, what else is happening? What's cool? I don't know. Let's just open up the mics and talk to the boys. And uh, first up on the agenda here, we have Charles. Charles Cliff, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. Just sitting here and enjoying the evening. Thankfully, it's not snowing out tonight, and... Uh... Yep, it's uh, warmed up a little bit, and, well, it's a decent December night. Cool, 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 yep. cool. It's not raining or anything or anything like that, eh? I gotta, no, nothing like that. go down on Christmas Eve. I'm going to be down there. got to go see my mother out and take air, all the grandkids out to see grandma, great-grandma. And uh, so, yeah, I don't know. We're going to make that trip. And unfortunately, we can't wait for weather. So it's going to have to be Christmas Eve, and we're just going to do it. But I got a big weekend coming up here. Did you, I told you guys about the, the Grinch, right? I, I did the, yep. the parade as the Grinch with my little race car. Well, there was such an overwhelming demand, and I don't understand why. But everybody, all the parents want to have pictures with the Grinch for their kids for Christmas. It's like Santa's cafe or something. So this weekend, I've got a two-hour stretch with my race car, myself as a Grinch, in the local dealership. And there's 150 people confirmed to be coming. And that scares the shit out of me. I don't like people. Yeah, gross little kids. I am really the Grinch. So anyhow, I don't know. It's really kind of weird. Um, let's uh, say hi it's to Will. It's not weird. It's not weird. What's not weird? Them wanting to come and see a guy dressed in green and his car's in green. They're all Ryder fans, <laughs> I'm thinking. Yeah, I, I don't know. 
Maybe they're coming well, to follow I, I, you. You never know. I want to paint my never car. Know, man. I want to paint my car because I really hate the color. It's green. I hate green. I, I've always hated green. And I don't want my car green. And now that I've yeah, been in the parade of Grinch, and it's so famous, nobody, everybody's telling me not yeah. to paint it. My wife says I'm not allowed to paint it. And I told her I'm just going to buy another race car. It's I'm really a nice green, by the way. It is a nice green. It is a nice green. There's no doubt about it. It's not a, it's not a bad green. It's definitely not rider not. green. But no. it's still no. green, right? And the only thing that I like to yep. be green is grass that doesn't need to be mowed and trees that don't drop their leaves. Those are the only things that are allowed to be okay. green in my life. So, anyhow. Okay. Uh, Rudy, welcome to the show, buddy. How are you doing? All right. Uh, it's warmed up here. So, it's, it's minus 35 with the wind chill tonight. So, it's clearer than the minus 44 <laughs> it was this morning. So, Bobby. <laughs> It's fucking sucks. I'm um, glad I live in Calgary. It's um, Calgary. It's it's actually that's actually really cold even for us. The first week in December, we're used to this maybe in January, but this is a uh, a little bit much. Um, but it's supposed to warm pretty up good, a little bit. This pretty weekend. glad the Grey Cup's not next week like it was last yeah. year. Yeah, holy smokes! Oh God! Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it wasn't yeah. in Winnipeg though, so. Well, the West but, Final. No, was but December. it could. Well, yeah, the, well, last year the West Final was December, final December fifth. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. But maybe one day yeah. they'll move the uh, the season back a few weeks, and we'll see, get a Great Cup in November first or end of October. No, would be nice. <laughs> we should have the Great Cup in fucking January. <laughs> yeah, might as well. Why not? <laughs> well, seriously, you know, I, I've had this discussion before. Is that you know you. you you play all year and it's all summer and sunny and warm and wonderful and everything's great. And then you come playoffs and the weather gets shitty and nothing that you did in the season matters because well, it's a what, totally different football game. I, well, okay? that's what I said. Like, so we should the start the game. season. We should start the season at Labor Day because in honesty, the, yeah. there's no fans available in the summer. Anyhow, they're all at the cabin or doing something, vacationing or something. So we should start the season in, in Labor Day and run into January, kind of like the NFL does, and have the Grey Cup in fucking January, end of January. If it's I too mean, cold, then so much. I mean, that's what you're used to playing in, it. And sorry, always in, always in BC, in my mind. Well, well, no, well I, I, I wouldn't have no, a problem no, no, with I, that. I, but. I know what CJ's saying. He's saying, I mean, we play 90% of the games in warm weather, 95%. And then uh, we play our, our most important games with whoever wins the coin toss. Might that might be the biggest? That is a bigger deal than getting the bye. You know what I mean? If you get if you get the win in the fourth quarter, look at the 2021 Grey Cup. Bombers got the luckily they got the win in the fourth. Otherwise there'd have been no two peat. So I mean, yeah, they should. I, I, I don't understand that. I don't understand why the fourth quarter is so important. You've got three quarters prior to that to play football. If you came out in the first quarter and you played like you're going to play in the last three minutes yeah. of the fourth quarter, then the game would be over and it really wouldn't matter. Human, human nature. I just think, and also teams also uh, run the ball more. You get a few first downs running the ball. You kill that quarter. You get a few breaks. 
the team realizes they, you know, you feel more pressure. You have to score in the first quarter. The game just started. There's a feeling out process. So if you blow that first quarter, you know, it takes a while for teams to get into the game. By the fourth quarter, teams kind of made adjustments at halftime. They kind of know what's going on. Uh, you can kind of say the fourth quarter. Um, if you, you came out from the opening forth. kickoff and went balls to the wall, the better team would know, we'd know who was going to win before halftime. Yeah. Well, that's the thing the Bombers didn't do in the great cup game. They ran, they ran the ball twice on second and long between the tackles. They went, what the fuck was that? Like second and 10 you, and you have great receivers and you run the ball twice on second and long, you let the Argos get momentum and, and kept the game close and it cost them. So, yeah. Okay. So let's talk some football here. Is that what we're going to do? Anybody have anything interesting to share before we get over into Charles' agenda here? Because it, it's a pretty was, good agenda. I was going like to mention, CJ, CJ, you mentioned something about being online today. I was uh, pretty shocked that you were uh, so politically correct. Just saying, okay? I was impressed by that. Because in those discussions, to me, because to me, in those discussions, there was no discussion. These are the rules. Basically, fuck off. Okay? You yeah. don't like them, go away. Yeah. So. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on a couple of groups right now in, on Facebook. Not, yeah. not just my football ones, but some other ones. A couple of them are yeah. Yellowstone fan groups and stuff like this. And you have to be really careful about what you say because there's, it's full of fucking Karens, Okay. And you really huh? have to mind yourself. So I think it just kind of flowed over into how I dealt with my, my Let's Talk PFL group, that I was being politically okay. correct and polite. I, and, and, I am. And, and, I am. And, and so, so I had a bit of a, a I now, okay. otherwise Yeah, but I now have to, I now have to reevaluate our friendship because you're on a couple of Facebook groups for Yellowstone. Oh, my God. Oh, it's so much fun to tell people that they're fucking stupid. Okay. Okay. I can just imagine some of the people in these groups. Oh, uh, unbelievable. They they believe that these people are their friends or relatives or something. And I'm just like, you guys are dumb. And and you can't say (laughs) things like that. But you've got to do it in a politically correct way. But I still do it. And then, oh, you don't have to be so rude. And I said, I haven't started being rude yet. <laughs> and, and then I've, I've also been on a couple other things. Uh, uh, one of my friends or one of my Facebook friends who I know and, and dog breeders with us and stuff like that. And uh, she's going on this rant about the truck driver's convoy and then another rant about COVID vaccines and everything else. And I'm just losing my shit on these people, right? So <clears throat> anyhow. Yeah, uh, my my daughter's recently introduced me to TikTok, and I don't know how anybody can sit there and watch TikTok because it, it literally infuriates me so much. I just want I want to throw my iPad. I'm listening to Justin Trudeau talk, and it's just like seriously, who believes this shit? It's falling out of his mouth. It's total garbage. And, and yeah. Oh, oh, CJ, there's way better things to listen to on TikTok than that. Okay, come on. Like what? Well, okay, you find oh, me my God. on TikTok. I'll be anything. You find me on find me on TikTok and send me some shit, and I'll look at it. Okay. 
I, I, I will. You so. probably will know so. more about this than I do. Oh yes, it's it, it's my entertainment on a on a daily basis. Well, you know, I got TikTok and I got it up and it was running and I've had it for a year, right? And I really didn't look at it much. And all it is is women with big boobs. And I went, okay, well, I don't know why this you, this is good, but it's not that and, good. And, you know? and, and there's something wrong with that. No, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, just that I don't find it, you know, there's got to be more to it than that. And then I ended up with all this politics oh. stuff and, and I went, I ate that shit up. That was pretty good. And now, I don't know, there's got to be something else in there. To almost. Yeah, well, there's a What's lot that? of morons on there. Yeah. DIY projects, my daughter says no. Okay. Um, okay, top of, the, top of the agenda here. Bob Dice was officially named the third head coach in Ottawa Red Blacks franchise history on Friday. And this was a great move by the Ottawa Red Blacks. Bob Dyson finally gets a shot at it. I think he's been intern head coach three times. Uh, so now he's actually been made officially the head coach of the Red Blacks. And what's his first move? He goes off and signs Kahari Jones as the uh, offensive coordinator and assistant head coach. So he's got some support there from his buddy Kahari, which was absolutely awesome. And then he turns around and what? Signs Baron Miles as the defensive coordinator. Now, I love Baron Miles. He's absolutely awesome. Ex-BC Lion guy. It was really sad when he didn't stick around the organization. He was off in Montreal for quite some time. And uh, so now they've got this. So now they've got a, so far, fully black coaching crew in Ottawa. Not that there's anything the matter with that. I just think that it's kind of weird. It doesn't happen very often, but um, good for them. And off they go. And I, I honestly think that this, this crew is so well-versed at this game, and they have so much experience in the coaching side of things. Ottawa can't go wrong with what they're doing right now. They've got a great amount of talent. They did that last year in free agency. Hopefully they can keep most of it. We'll see how that goes. And um, I think Ottawa Red Blacks are going to be a, a force to be reckoned with in the Eastern Division because it sure doesn't take much. For, to be a force to be reckoned with in the Eastern Division. So uh, they could easily win it out next, next season. Well, I mean, I, th- I, I mean, think uh, having the players, uh, the players will buy in with a good coaching staff. They're not going to be looking to leave like they did when, with uh, uh, the former GM, uh, Desjardins. People couldn't wait to get out of Ottawa. So um, that gives them a leg but, but up. But not now, in the, the big... beginning. Not in the beginning. Okay, no, Jay Sardad did build good a good team beginning. that won a great cup, right, and got to yeah, three no, of the, them. The, the second, the second um, they didn't sign Trevor Harris, it, 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 all, it, it started to go downhill for them. Yeah, there was some I'm not saying Trevor Harris there for sure. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I, hope, I hope that franchise gets it together because we can't have them going 3-15 and 15, uh, for another season because that is not good for the league or that franchise. So... Um, I also think Mazzoli being healthy will be key. They need a healthy quarterback. Now, is he if, going to be healthy? He's 36 years old. He's he's got a very serious knee injury. How do you come back from that and play competitive football at a high level when he really didn't play football at a high level before the injury? 
Yeah, I mean, I think he would. I think Ottawa would have had a better season. They they would have had a few more wins. They probably wouldn't have made the playoffs. Without question, they would have had more wins. But they could have made the playoffs. But that's not the point. The point is that you know you're going with somebody else's garbage, so to speak. And that's you know that's the same thing with what's going on with Bo Bo Levi Mitchell now. Everybody around the league is just like oogling this guy, and they just absolutely want him to play football for them. But if he's not good enough to play for Calgary, how are you going to beat Calgary? Yeah, I'm just uh, looking you know? up what. Well, but I think Calgary is looking for. I think they were looking for a younger quarterback. I think Calgary is ready to to move on from both, and I think they like what they see in Mayer, and that that's their guy now. Okay. William, probably figured William, that. jump in here, buddy. What do you think is going well, on you know what? Do you, you like know, the coaching you know, moves? You know what? I, 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 like, I like the coaching. It's kind of nice because I've heard some people talking about, hey, why don't we bring in some new blood? To me, Bob Dice is like new blood. He's never been a head coach for a long period of time. And uh, you know what? He can't do any worse than Ottawa did last year. But I no. I wonder though because because don't forget we talked about this two weeks ago, Ottawa has forty one free agents. Okay. Yeah, I know. So, I know. Yep. Do. I don't. I don't. I don't know who's going to want to sign there because they didn't have a great year. But hey, guys who like Harry Jones, any I bet you any Montreal free agents will think about signing in Ottawa because Harry Jones is there because he was quite popular with them. Um, but you know what? And so is Bob Dice. Bob Dice is a very popular with his players. Yeah. Jeremiah Mazzoli, you know what? Sorry, Rudy. He's a shit quarterback. He's always been a shit quarterback. In the last three years, he's had two major injuries. He's done. He should go away and and play pickleball or something. He was their only, he was their only, sort of hope last year to, to have some type of respect to, respectable uh, season. And after I, had, I had no hope for Ottawa. I had no hope for Ottawa after they signed Mazzoli because he's not a good quarterback. No. Sorry, just my I, opinion. I mean, you know, I mean, if and if what CJ was saying about Bo Levi, if you think about it, you know, everybody's talking about where he's going to sign. It shows you the state of the quarterbacks in the CFL right now. I don't think it's very good. It's not. I don't think we've got a lot not of great all. quarterbacks right now. But that, but you know, that's true in the, compared to the past the, years. So We yeah, used to compare which quarterback tandem was the best in the league because – you know, six out of the nine quarterbacks in the league were on par with each other or, you know, in the topper echelons of, of play. And now we don't have three quarterbacks that are in the top echelons in play. And who the fuck are the second stringers? Because there's nobody out there of any respectable position. This is a, the worst quarterback situation I've seen in the CFL in a lot of years. And CFL's not alone. The <laughs> Charles, jump in here, buddy. Well, firstly, I kind of like what the uh, Red Blacks have done here. I think uh, Bob Dice, uh, I had said last week that, uh, that 
they, there was a story that they had narrowed it down to three, and it was Bob Dice, uh, I think uh, Mark Washington, and somebody else. And I said of the three, to me, if it were my choice, I'd be going with Bob Dice. And what do you know, a day or two, the next day, they announced Bob Dice. And I think he's made good moves, bringing Courage Jones and then bringing in um, uh, Bear Miles. Miles. So he, he's yeah. putting together an experienced staff. Uh, so that's very good. Uh, yeah, but they do have to find a quarterback there in Ottawa. Unless, I mean, maybe they decide to turn around and go back with Arbuckle. You know, that might be because he didn't play terribly. He had his struggles, but he also had some good games. I think he can still be a serviceable quarterback. I don't know how spectacular he is, but honestly, I think uh, they're doing a, a pretty good job uh, so far. I mean, it's been a week, but he's done a good job with his coaching staff there, so I'm looking forward to see what they go, and like Will said, 41 free agents, so is there going to be a whole new team again this year? I, I don't know if um, I'm going to write off Nick Arbuckle just yet. Kind of, I kind of agree with you on this one. I think that, you know, Paul Apelis, who is a, 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 a damn good offensive coordinator, okay? I, I, I'm not going to diss him on that, I'm not even going to diss him on his head coaching ability. I just think that it it was such a disaster that there was no recovering from it. Um, but a coach with that little experience shouldn't be wearing both hats. And, you know, pet peeve of CJ's. Um, and I, I think that La Police's offense is too complicated for, for a team that is struggling and definitely for Nick Arbuckle. I think that if you get a simpler offensive scheme out there, and Kahari Jones is sensitive to this type of thing. I really liked him when he was in BC. I I had a personal relationship with him. We we talked quite often. And one of the nicest human beings you're ever going to meet. Okay, without question. He is just so nice. So, the players are going to get along with him. They're going to do what he wants to do. I know Bob Dice is going to have a, a stronger arm, so to speak, a strong arm, the, the situation, and keep a wrap on it so that it doesn't get too um, too nice of a situation, you know, where there's no respect for the coaching staff. That I don't believe that that's going to happen in Ottawa. But I, I, I do think that it's going to be a team where, like Chris Jones's teams, where the players want to play for the coaches. And I think that that's what's going to happen there. And like, like you said, I mean, the people, the free agents from Montreal are going to follow Kahari Jones, just A, because he's a great coach, but B, because they want to get away from Machocha. Because I, I haven't heard anybody say that they want to play for him, and they they don't have a coach yet either. They don't they have a coach. No. A coach. Well, he said he said right. he was done after this year, but now it's been crickets. Well, I don't know Montreal. if there's anybody out there that's available. You know, well, they're I mean, available. Yeah, but Ed, but Anthony Anthony Calvillo has said that he thinks he's ready to be a head coach. So, and do you think that Anthony Calvillo is ready to be a head coach? No. Not a fucking chance. No, no, not a chance. No, I, I'm still, I'm still amazed that they've got him as an offensive coordinator. He just doesn't have, to me, he doesn't have the mind to do it. He doesn't, he's not assertive enough. And he, he was like that when he was playing. 
you, you can't throw the ball in the stands half the time. You know, you actually have to play football. He he was a, he was a good quarterback on on a very good team. Of, like had a great offensive line, much like a good defense. They could run the football. He was he was an above average quarterback, but he's not in my top five all time. No, he's not in my top ten. Yeah, I agree. I could name you ten. Um, I could name you. Yeah, shit. Um, okay, anybody else got anything to say about Ottawa's coaching? Charles, Will, you guys are good with this? Good move. Good yep. move. I good like move. the move. Very good move. Yep. I like the move. I, I think it's wonderful. Okay, we're going to... I actually liked it better than when they hired La Police. I just like the fact that he knows that he can't do everything and that he is bringing in the key people to do the job. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm just, actually, I'm kind of happy with that. Actually, I like, I like when uh, Ottawa hired Paul Lapolice and I liked when Winnipeg hired Paul Lapolice so that he wouldn't be on fucking TSN anymore. Okay. When things get tight, Lapo likes to get too conservative, and it hurts him. That's his biggest flaw: is that he gets too conservative at certain points in the game, and uh, instead of going out to win the game, he'll run the ball and kick it away and stuff like that. It just, uh, but and he did a great job with Traveler. I mean, he uh, put those packages together in 2019, so he. He can do some good things, just needs the right circumstances, I guess. Yeah, but I still think that his offense is too complicated for most teams, especially for a young quarterback. You've got an experienced quarterback yeah. like Zach Caleros in there, and he can, he can deal with that type of thing. He has a vision of the field. He can read defenses. Uh, he can play that game. But when you've got a Nick Arbuckle in there, uh, he can't do it. It's it's not it's too complex for him and it's not fair. Uh, Jeremiah Jeremiah Mazzoli didn't do poorly in that system, but he got hurt. And yeah. it's been, like Will says, he's had two major injuries in two years. So it's time to retire this guy and uh, well, move last, on from him. Unfortunately, there's nobody to move on to. The last update from Mazzoli was a couple of weeks ago, and it was he 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 can throw now. But he can't. He still can't move like while he's throwing. That doesn't sound very good. And it's November. We're yeah, that's a problem. Like a month ago. Yeah. That injury was uh, that injury was months yeah. and months ago. Yeah, yeah. It was very early on in the season because yeah. we still had a, a whole pile with that idiot yeah. Marino, and we still, still were pitching for weeks after that. And and then he stopped. Yeah, no. It, I'm okay with that, with him rehabbing and everything else. But I think it's at a certain point in time you gotta you gotta hang up those cleats. And uh, you know we're gonna talk about that a little later of a couple people who are hanging up cleats. So we'll carry on with that. Multiple people. Oh, this is gonna be a great topic. Multiple people have turned down the offers from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Is this a sign the franchise is in its uh, current state? Well. Let's just quantify this for a second because the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are in a very, very difficult situation right now. They have their entire coaching staff 
is on a is one year into a two year contract. Okay, so for them to fire people, which they did, they got rid of Jason Moss and they got rid of a couple more. They have to pay them out, pay them for next season, and that money goes against their salary cap, which this um, management salary cap is absolutely the dumbest motherfucking thing I have heard in a very long time. I I don't have so much a problem with the... um, with the salary cap, although it's, it, to me it's dumb, but that being said, in a nine-team league, a very small small league, it's important that all franchises can kind of stay relevant, okay? Yeah. So I don't mind the, the management salary cap and the fact that nobody can get taken unfair advantage, um, but there's no way that you should have coaches that are no longer – Helping you become a champion. I think that that's what is important here. If the person is working with the team towards becoming a championship team, then their salary should count against the cap. But if you fired them and they're down the road and they're sitting at home collecting, you know, eating jelly beans, then there's no way that they should, that, that their salary should count towards this cap. It, it, it doesn't yeah. make sense. It's totally and completely illogical. Uh, how do you expect a bad team to get better if you penalize them in that way? Winnipeg's got a consistent coaching staff. Hell, BC just brought their entire coaching staff back, every single one of them. Um, so, you know, in doing things like this, consistency, it, there's no problem staying underneath the cap. But if you're like Saskatchewan right now, where you have to hire the, fire the whole fucking bunch of them, and, and start over because it's just total junk in that team. How do you, yeah. how do you do that? How, how can you do yeah. that and stand under the cap? You absolutely can't. So that's why they've announced that Craig Dickinson is staying and, and Jeremy O'Day is staying. I mean, these guys should be fired. I mean, Jeremy, Jeremy O'Day should be fired for giving Craig Dickinson another contract. He should have been fired last year. So, you know, I, I agree with the salary management cap in a nine-team league just to keep everybody relevant. But come on, let's be fair. This only penalizes the teams that need to fix themselves. I mean, it's not like William, you're circumventing. Oh, Rudy, you have to wait and let me I'm point sorry. at who get, okay. get, gets to go first because I yeah, otherwise right. – we we lose Will. He goes in the corner and he doesn't doesn't talk. So I have to keep all him right. keep, keep him active. Okay. By William. all means, Will Will William is a very good listener and he actually does listen to people. So that's why he's silent sometimes because I am interested in what people have sometimes. to say. As a matter of fact, just just so sometimes you know, you're snoring. I wasn't on. I wasn't on the podcast last week, but I did. I did listen to the podcast. Okay, and okay. it was good. yes, it yes I did, and it was quite good. It was lacking a little bit of Willieism, but other than that, it was quite good. Okay, <laughs> um, well, little Willie was. You know different. what? I, I I think I think. Okay, Saskatchewan number one. I I mean I've seen all the guys who turned down the job, and I don't think it's because they don't want to coach in Saskatchewan. If, no, it's not. If Saskatchewan was in a different situation, 
like, let's face it, okay, Saskatchewan has to be at least second or third place in the West next year, or Dave, or, or Dickinson is going to get fired, and so is O'Day. And they don't even have a freaking quarterback right now. So no. I, I, for a guy to come in and, and coach on a team that we don't know what the team's going to look like, and they are very, only very offering short. a one-year contract. Right, and it could be a very short opportunity for them. And some of yeah. the established guys on other teams that normally would try and go there aren't going to go for one year because they, they might have better gigs where they're at right now. And why would they do Nobody's going to take so, that. The only way that you do no. that is if you thought that you had the, the opportunity to become the head coach next year right that would be the right. only and, reason that you and, thought and, you could do that so then they think they should it. offer mm-hmm. two-year contract but if they offer if they offer jason moss the opportunity he's not even going to take it because he can sit at home on his couch and get paid this year okay like right. idiots idiots anyway. yeah but they fired jason moss didn't they i know that that's what I'm yeah. talking about. But if you're a new yeah. coach, you so. take that job, you go four and fourteen with the personnel, then you get fired, and you're no further ahead in your career. So I can see why people are not people aren't going to take that job. I mean, uh, if you're an assistant, you get you get a one year deal, your team goes four and fourteen, and then they everybody gets fired because they're going to bring in a, a brand new uh, coach and GM. Right. So you won't be in the class. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. So, there, so that's I don't a blame there. anybody for turning it down. And in reality, I, you know, the post that I put up there and says what a shit show Saskatchewan was, I actually wasn't picking on the team itself. Because, I'm, I, I, like I said in the, my little rant at the beginning, I almost feel sorry for them. And that may happen, probably not this year. Next year, I might feel sorry for them. But only because they are going, they're, they're into, the next two years are going to be hell for them. Because next year is going to be an absolute disaster with Craig Dickinson as a coach, knowing that he's not, he's going to get fired. Nobody's going yep. to want to play football for him. They don't have a quarterback. I, there, there's zero credibility in that team right now. And, what state is it going to be in a year from now? It's going to be even worse. Well, they ignored some warning signs a few years ago. Um, 2019, they weren't, they won the West, but it was because everyone else lost their starting quarterback. And uh, Bull went down in Calgary. They struggled. Uh, Winnipeg lost Nichols. Winnipeg was seven and two, going to easily get first in the in the West. He went down. Strebler's not a starter. They they fell out of first. So Saskatchewan was probably third best team in the West in 2019, and Winnipeg handled them in the in the West final, and they brought that same team back in 2021. And I mean, it, it just got. I mean. Same thing happened they when did. they beat them again, and they did not bring back the same team in twenty one. Because uh, well, they had some, they had in, some different. In, in, they had, in two thousand, hang on, in two thousand nineteen, 
That is the year that Chris Jones quit two weeks before training camp. That mm-hmm. team yeah. in 2019 was Chris Jones's team. Craig Dickinson came in. The goddamn thing was on autopilot, and he went to a 13-5 and five season. Okay? The next year, what is it, 9-9 nine and nine in 2019? And now they did a 6-13? and 13, No, 6-12? and 12. And what's next year going to be? 2-16? Two, two and 16? You know, it's like the, the signs were on the wall. Right away, mm-hmm. you should have known that Craig Dickinson was not a fucking coach. I did. Yeah. Back in 2019. I've been saying it ever since. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a lame duck year there. Yikes. It's pretty much. So, so they the have a really we... bad team that's going to get worse. It's going to get badder. Okay. Literally, it's going to get worse. And then they have to try to rebuild it. So the first year of rebuilding is going to be worse than Edmonton's this year. It's, it, 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 they literally are going to go for two and 16 seasons back to back here. If they're lucky, they're going to get the two wins. And just because CJ is saying that they're going to go 18 and 0 next year and win the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. You know damn well they're not going to because I'm damn uh-huh. Damn how you fell this. Yeah, well, I don't, yeah, I don't find both. Yeah, fuck off. Charles, well, Charles, 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 jump in here and talk to me about the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. What do you see happening? What needs to happen? Uh, it's not really their fault that this is happening. It's a salary management management salary cap. And uh, are, are, do you see a better way of fixing it? Uh, not in the immediate future, no. And I'm just thinking, we mentioned off the top of the show that uh, when we come back after Christmas, we're going to be about, uh, six, about six weeks away from free agency. What f- free agent is going to want to go anywhere near that situation? I can't think of one because it's going to be a nightmare in Saskatchewan this year, next year. Well, still, Dave, uh, or what's his name, um, is out there, and there, he still has his uh, supporters, um, Craig Dickinson, but uh, they're few and far between, and quite frankly, it's just, um, I think it's uh, a bad situation all around there. Well, no way Bo's yeah. going there now. No, I'm, I, I'm crazy to go there. Well, you know, when Bo comes out and says he wants to go play for a team, that, the, that has huge fan support, everybody right away thinks it's the Riders, right? And I'm going, no, those are like the most fair-weather fans that you possibly can. They're running away from this team in droves right now. You want a, fair, you want a team that's consistent and loves their team? It's Hamilton. Yep. Why the hell doesn't he just sign with Hamilton and be done with it? So this whole thing with him right now talking about going to free agency, this and that, it's just posturing with Hamilton. It's, it, that's all he's trying to do is, is make sure that everybody knows that, oh, I'm, I'm going to pick the team that's best for me, and yes, this is what it's going to be, and how much more money can I get out of the Ticats and everything else. He's going to be a Ticat next year. I mean, it, I think so. Well, if, it was, if, if he had any thoughts of going to Saskatchewan this last two weeks, solve that for him like there's no I, way he's I going still, I still think I still think he's waiting to see what happens in Toronto as well 
Yeah, I think that's possible. So, I agree with you. I, do you think? Do you think? But do you think Toronto winning the Grey Cup kind of tempered that? Because now he's going to go to a place where it's hard to repeat. He's going to go there, and I mean, he has to win, or it's basically a failure for him. Well, it depends yeah, on his relationship but, with Ryan Dinwiddie. And Toronto also has a shit ton of ex-Calgary players that he played with. That's true. As, a re- yeah. as receivers. There's Breskison, oh, yeah. there's Devarius Daniels, there's, you know, so there's a number of those guys, too. So And he's played for Ryan Dinwiddie and, before. And, and don't tell me, don't tell me Ryan Dinwiddie recreated or created his own system to use in Toronto. He's fucking imitating Dave Dickinson. I guarantee fucking it. Okay? So he's not that bright. Believe me. So. Who? Dinwiddie's not. No, Dinwiddie's not. Yeah. Well, I, so, I, you know, all through the beginning of the season, I was just waiting for him to get fired. And I was just going, why is he still coaching? Why is he still coaching? And then he wins a Grey Cup. Really hard to get rid of somebody who's just won a Grey Cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that's good for at least two or two years, at least. At least. I would think so. So. Yeah. It'd be hard not to be. So, yeah, but, you know, is McLeod Bethel-Thompson the quarterback of the future for the Toronto Argonauts? Uh, you no, know, he's, he's, he's like pretty, 35 he's, now, isn't he? Yeah, but he's not that good a quarterback, and he's fucking arrogant. You know, he just thinks he's king shit at Turt Island right now. And in a way, he is. So, he so won a great cup, so. Actually, I've always liked him. I've always liked him. So, Quarterback-wise, I think he's got the personality yeah. of a brick, but that's beside the point. I mean, he didn't do anything special in the Grey Cup game, but he didn't even finish it. I mean, Toronto's defense, yeah, and, he, and he lost his shit because of it. He was whining in the in the in the. He was going crazy in the East semifinal or the East final, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He okks okay. very so highly Saskatch- of himself. Sus- yeah, too, too highly. Saskatchewan is a tire fire of biblical proportions, and it's not going to get better this year. It's going to be worse this year than it was last year, and it's going to get brutally worse before it starts to get better. So, Ryder fans, I'm sorry. Uh, you got two years of hell coming. And... It, it's not good for the franchise. It's not good for the league. And it's well, because it's of the league that's doing this. It's the salary management cap is just your management salary cap. Because <laughs> both of those mean different things, right? Salary management cap means the players and the management salary cap mean the coaches. It's really true. They just turn the words around. Uh, anyhow, Okay, so that's the end of Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and uh, I'm, I'm done talking about them. So let's move on. Uh, a number of CFL players worked out with teams south of the border on Tuesday. Now, was this just specifically Tuesday, or was this pretty much any time? Who we got working out here? We got, uh, according to uh, Montreal receiver Julian Grant, uh, Jalen Acklin, Ottawa Red Blacks receiver uh, are both working out with the Broncos. One of the Philpots. 
was working out. And with uh, Nathan Rourke uh, with the Denver Broncos. So you keep going down, 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 down. What else happened? Uh, Tyson Philbot was uh, yeah. worked out with the Pittsburgh Steelers alongside uh, uh, Keon Schaefer Baker. Uh, global linebacker. I love this one. Gordon Glenmark Heath worked out with the San Francisco 49ers. Now, this is a global linebacker. This is the, isn't this this German guy? Where's this guy from? Anybody know? I'm not sure. Glenmark Glenmark Heath. He was with the 49ers. Uh, He was a first round pick of Saskatchewan in the global draft. It doesn't say where he was, came from. So anyhow, that's kind of it. So, I mean, there's not a lot of, lot of movement here. I mean, what was that, like less than eight, eight guys? One, two, three, four, five, six, yeah, seven or so. Uh, I'm, impe- I'm impressed that one of the Philpots is down there, uh, and that's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, I don't know who's got any chance of sticking. I noticed that uh, what's his name uh, the 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 kid that everybody's ranting and raving about in Winnipeg's getting no opportunity down there. Although um, I don't know why. He, he, oh, Sean, he, he did pretty much. I've heard that he, he they pretty, they are going to bring him down at some point. That he will be going down at some point. He he, he did light the league up. So you, you think he would have to? Yep. Big, big guy, good hands. Maybe he's a bit slow, yeah. but I mean. He'll he'll get a look. Um, I don't. I think he'll be back though. I think if he has another big year, then maybe he would catch on. All depends on you know what timing though, right? If an NFL team is looking for a particular player or something, somebody to fill a role, you know, like, mm-hmm. like Strebler. Like Strebler still in the NFL is the most ridiculous thing I've ever. I it it, it it's amazing he's still hanging. But on he's to still there, surprisingly. Well, he had a good camp yeah. in, in, with the Jets. He had a great camp. Well, he yep. developed, though, right? He was in Winnipeg in 2019 when they were saying he's going to be our starter. I'm like, God, no. He's a horrid starter. He was he lost like four or five games. He's under 500 as a starter in the CFL. He's like four and nine or something like that. But, you know, off the bench, he was deadly when he ran those package plays. I mean, mm-hmm. it might have been a different – yeah, so uh, – he would be an interesting guy to have back in the CFL with, you know, four to years. Yeah, three years, uh, you know, NFL uh, coaching and and practicing against the best players in the world. Yeah, it'd be uh, – I think he could help a team for sure. I don't he needs know an if injury. see him back in here just because of what his money situation is down there. Yeah, I think he's finally got his pension. Uh, he's qualified for that pension. I'm just, he needs a break. Which down is there, fucking though. amazing. Yeah. Guy like Doug Brown is like seven games short of his NFL pension. The Redskins cut him. Yeah. The year he was going to get his pension in like 19 in year 2000. Is it the Redskins? I believe. So that's, he's doing well here, but you still, that's you, you can't call him that. You can't call them that. It's a, they, they're no longer the Redskins. They're, they're, they're oh yeah, that's politically right. oh. The Washington, oh, 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 the Washington oh. Commanders or whatever. Yeah, at least at least the Elks 
kept the color scheme together and the, the double E. So that that was a decent compromise. I mean, I'm not sure I still agree with it. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Well, I mean, I, I wanted to call the ultimate. Their name. Yeah, there wasn't the uproar wasn't as much as it was like with the Redskins or, uh, you know. Well, the Redskins—that's a derogatory term for a Native American. Yeah. Yeah. Bottom line, that that one had to go. I couldn't believe that that one stuck around as long as it did. Right. Yeah. The Eskimos was not a derogatory name at any point in time. Okay. Nope, I agree. In fact, the in, indigenous community, the Inuits, actually supported the team because it it represented them. Okay. Now, I mean, do the Atlanta Braves, is there anything the matter with that? No, I don't see a thing with that. How about the Chicago Blackhawks? No, I don't see a problem with that. Uh, Cleveland Indians? Well, maybe, maybe not, okay? Uh, But, you know, I I think the simple fact that these sports teams are acknowledging that these people are there should be a a good thing, isn't it? Well, not unless you're going to use it a derogatory term like the Redskins, that's probably a bad thing. Well, I mean, they canceled Aunt Jemima syrup and like that family, like they cost that family money. That's all they did. Well, this, is a, this nope. is a woman who, who changed, revolutionized the cooking industry. Right? Yeah. And they, they literally destroyed her history. Yeah. And it's just like, Boggles the mind that these people actually think that this is a good thing. Wokeism is a disease. Oh, I don't think it's a disease. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the fuck it is, but a disease you can cure. Okay. Charles, Charles, anything you got to say about these six, seven, eight guys go down in the state? Good for them. I don't think too many of them are going to stick. In fact, I don't think anybody's going to stick. Jason Rourke might, but yeah, I know Will doesn't think so. So we'll talk to him in a second. You got anything there, Charles? Uh, honestly, I mean, I, I don't think this is that big a story because I think CFO guys uh, get workouts in the NFL fairly regularly. So I uh, I don't think this is that huge a story. I mean, a lot of guys work out down there and don't get anywhere. So, uh, you know, I guess they're just letting the name go, but I don't think it's a big deal. I do, for some reason, think Nathan Rourke will catch on down there, but I could be wrong. But uh, I don't think it's a massive story or anything. I think it's, uh, like I said, par for the course. Yeah, I would be surprised. Honestly, literally surprised if Nathan Rourke comes back to the BC Lions next year. Until the NFL training camp is through yeah. and he gets cut. And then then what do you do? You've already had half your season is gone. Would you think he, he's, he's going to get signed with somebody down there. Would he accept a practice roster spot? I, I don't think you'd take a practice roster. Nobody's taking a practice roster spot right now. You don't do that until no. training camp's over. No, I'm saying that next probably year. Depends on- it depends on the situation, I think. Yeah, it does. But, I mean, if you're fourth in line for quarterbacking with a team, why would you do that? Right. Uh, so, I mean, I wouldn't take a practice roster spot 
in in the NFL right now for the simple fact that you're 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 just you're being buried. Yeah. Your, your hopes of elevation are slim. You're better off to go to another team, go to another team, go to another team, go to another team, than you are to get buried at the bottom of the depth chart in, in fourth or fifth position. Or you're better off to come back to the CFL. Like I said, yeah. if he gets cut out of training camp, then he comes back to the Lions. Vernon Adams steps aside. Nathan Rourke comes in and wins the whole thing for the Lions. I, lo- I like the scenario. <laughs> I just don't see don't a quarterback really like Nathan Rourke at this point in his career. I don't see how being on a practice roster helps you. It doesn't. Sitting there holding a clipboard and practicing. That's not going to help you. In it, fact, it, it, it could it, be. It could actually have an opposite. Uh, opposite. Well, um, if you're not playing. Let's. Yeah, I understand what you're saying, but. Do we do we believe that the coaching staff and the and the facilities and the and everything down in the NFL is superior to that in the CFL? It probably yeah. is yeah. based on money. Yeah. We do, we do, facilities. we definitely do. So yeah. everything that he is getting right now is is improving his ability to play football. Okay, if somebody signs him and they put him in the, their program and everything else, he is just getting better. If he doesn't make it in the NFL, he's just going to get better for the CFL. And that would just be amazing. Now, i got to bring Will in here because he needs to talk about this because he absolutely does not like Nathan Rourke and doesn't think that he's that good a quarterback. So let's bring him in and see what he has to say with this. Stop listening and start talking. I'm already talking. If I had a choice between Nathan Rourke and Russell Wilson, I would take Nathan Rourke five times out of anything because I think Russell Wilson sucks. He's getting exposed okay? this year. And you, don't, and you don't even know who Russell Wilson is, do you, CJ? Okay. Well, he's a, that's he, Denver he used starting, to be the quarterback that, that's the Denver starting Seahawks, quarterback. I believe. Okay. He used to be, Denver's yeah. Denver's starting quarterback. Okay. Yes. Denver's starting quarterback now. I, I, I know he's not with the Seahawks anymore. So no. he's got to be somewhere. No, he's with Denver. He's with Denver. Denver Broncos. Denver. Anyways. Okay, and, and anyways, Denver is you know where what? Nathan Rourke is trying out right now. Yeah, that's correct. Um, that's why I said what I said. You know what? I I think uh, Russell – or not Russell Wilson. I think Nathan Rourke will probably stay down there if he gets an opportunity to be on a practice roster – because he can learn, okay? And yeah. it's a different game, and you have different coaches, and you have different quarterback ability. You have to do different things as a quarterback. And and you know what? Um, there was a certain, and I know CJ's going to get mad when I bring this guy up, but I'm going to do it anyways. Alex Singleton started on practice roster. He could have come back to the CFL, but they offered him a practice roster spot. They had injuries, and three games into the season, he was playing, and he hasn't looked back since. And it's been three I, years. I, I'm not so, upset with you bringing up Alex Singleton. I, I, I don't doubt the, the, his abilities. He's oh, aren't you, aren't you upset? Okay, so, 
So, so no, let me just what I was upset with it's Alex, Alex Singleton was Alex Singleton's he got into the CFL today. with Let's a loophole. Let's sing him happy birthday. Happy birthday no, we're not, to no, you. No, fuck that. We are. It's you. not going to happen. Happy birthday, Alex. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Anyways, are you still there, CJ? Did you mute me yet? I missed. Yeah, I was working on the mute button, yeah. Um, we'll, we'll the problem with deal. Alex Singleton was that he got into the CFL as a Canadian and he had absolutely no right to be that. Now, that does not mean that he wouldn't have made the CFL roster on his own merits being an American, being a non-national. But he did come in on that, that thing and just it was just wrong. Yeah. It was wrong. Uh, and I, I, think, so, I, think, uh, I think Nathan Rourke is the same way because – He's from Ontario, and that's not really part of Canada, is it? <laughs> well, that really is Canada. In some people's minds. Well, no, that's really where Canada started. So, you know, you yeah, have to I know give that, them that. but not anymore. We'll call ourselves something else. You can call us Cascadia okay. if you want, and then we're fine with that. I don't, I don't care, okay. but, yeah. You can't say Ontario's not okay. Canada, because really they are Canada. No, and and the nice thing about if if Nathan Rourke signs or goes to the NFL and he sticks there for two or three years, that means that's a good thing for me because I'm not going to have to hear about every time he goes to the bathroom how great he is or every time he picks his nose how great he is, okay? So I'm good with that. You're just jealous. Yeah, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. The kid I'm was jealous. fucking amazing. I and agree. If you can't see that, then there's something the matter with you. He was I amazing think, I, for his nine whole games. Yes, he was. I think yeah. I think Rourke. I could see Rourke sticking on the practice roster just to be, just to be in, in a, an American football league uh, offense every day and and learn the offense. So when he does get a chance to start, he's not going to be behind the curve. So I could see him. If you think it's a legit shot, like if Denver offered him a contract and the way Russell Wilson's playing, I could see him st- sticking it out in Denver because he might get an actual shot in Denver because they're, they're bad. You've got to look at it this way. If he sticks into the, into the NFL for two years, he's 26 years old and he's coming up to the CFL with amazing experience that most of the quarterbacks up here do not have. And he would just absolutely light this league up. He already did. So with no experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, no, it, it, I honestly believe somebody's going to offer him a contract and he will sign it. And then we will not know his future until the, the, what do you call it? Training camp is over. And, and whether he sticks with a, uh, a practice roster position after training camp or he comes back up to the CFL, that's where the debate is going to be. But you've got to realize something really important for Nathan Rourke. For him to sign a contract right now with the Denver Broncos, with the Dallas Cowboys, with anybody down there, okay, what he has to do is he has to get released from the BC Lions. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have no doubt that the Lions would do that, and that is good. They would. But when he comes back, 
who's not on his rookie contract anymore, and they do not have to extend the rookie contract to give him a raise. They could throw $450,000 at him this year, which he's not eligible for. He couldn't do if he did not go down to the NFL. If BC Lions do not release him from the contract, then he's playing for fifty-five or sixty-five. $69,000. I think it's 71000 or something like that. And it's, it's really close to that $69,000, $71,000 mark this year. Mm-hmm. And then why would he do that? Right? So go down to the NFL, get signed, get released by the Lions, get signed, hang out for practice roster, come back to the Lions, make four hundred grand this year, and uh, improve your videos, improve your, your portfolio. And uh, go back to the NFL next year or the year after. And that's his all-time dream. There's a lot of possibilities can happen for him. Anybody else got a, anything to say about these guys going down to the NFL? We moving on? We can move on. We can move on. We're good? Brian Burnham has announced his retirement from the CFL after eight seasons with the BC Lions. Brian was amazing. He probably had the best set of hands that we've seen in 20 years in the, in the CFL. The man made spectacular catches that they're just unbelievable. They're beyond highlight reel. He had 4,000-yard seasons in a row. I don't know what else to say about this guy. Yeah, he was a lion. Yes, I'm a homer. Yes, I think this man is amazing. But honestly, I don't think there was a better receiver in the CFL in the last five years than he is. Let Charles go ahead here. Buddy, what do you got to say? Well, I am well, but you're you sad. I mean, Brian Burnham was the guy that made the catches that people shouldn't be able to make. Uh, it just seemed like almost once every game he would make a catch, and you'd be sitting there asking yourself, uh, how did he catch that? He was clutch. He was the guy that when you needed a big throw, when you needed a first down, when you needed a touchdown, he was the guy you were going to. And more often than not, he came away with the catch he needed. I mean, the guy was uh, yeah, in, in triple phenomenal cover. talent. One of the best the Lions have ever had, quite frankly. Yeah, he, uh, he made well, a reception in every single game he ever played in the CFL. Yep. He made at least one reception. Now, that doesn't sound like much, but I think that's pretty amazing. Well, yeah, every game. I mean, yeah. <laughs> It's amazing as far played, as I'm concerned. Not too many Lions receivers have played longer than he has. Like a few have, but he's above average for yeah, eight plays. years is a long time. Because what did Mervin Fernandez play? Four? Uh, but he went to he the played NFL. Four, yeah. yeah. Four, right? So, yeah, he. Um, and then. Uh, the only one that I can think of that was in the same type of. Uh, time frame, I believe, was G. Roy Simon, who yeah. played from 2003 to about 2012. So that's like nine years. So that's around the same, yeah. kind of the same time frame. Yeah. I, without question, I think Brian Burnham was a better receiver than G. Roy. Uh, he made tougher Stats catches. Might, he definitely made tougher catches. He went out there and made the catch that G. Roy would never think about trying to do. Yeah. G-Roy was the type of receiver that would go, he would run and get uh, to the open part of the field and get himself open. Brian Burnham was a guy that would just catch the ball no matter what was around him. 
He didn't care. Yeah, he didn't care. There's only one Lions receiver that uh, would play that same type of game. Do you know who it was that I can think of? Jim you know, Young. Not going back to – no, 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 not going that far back. Okay. Uh, hmm. Darren Flutie. Yeah. Oh, I thought Darren, Darren said Flutie went and got balls that he shouldn't have got. Lamar Durant. Lamar Durant. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. And and Flutie wasn't as gifted athletically as Burnham either. Like no, he wasn't. God no, he was not. <laughs> Just a lot of heart. But they, they played different positions. Flutie was a, a yeah. slot back, right? Yeah. And, and you know, the, yeah. they made the tough catches through the middle. And, I mean, there, there's some slot backs out there that I just absolutely just love. And, I mean, because they played smash-mouth football. Jason Claremont was one of them. Ben Cahoon's another. Darren Flutie. I mean, you, you're never going to get the, the the numbers, the statistics, the wow factor. But you get the holy shit factor from those guys. Oh, my God, they just took that hellacious hit crossing through the middle. And Ben Cahoon took more, got blown up more times than anybody I know because Calvillo hung him out to dry so often. Oh, Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody thinks Anthony Calvillo is this amazing, amazing quarterback. No, Ben Cahoon was an elite slot back is why Anthony Calvillo looked as good as he did. That, that guy held under the ball no matter what hit him. He was another uh, can, uh, Canadian. Uh, okay. he, was, he was designated import, uh, I mean, non-import, right? Ben Cahoon? Mm. Ben Cahoon was a Canadian, wasn't he? Yeah, was he? he? Canadian. Yeah, but I think he... I, I think it was sort of like the Al I don't Singleton think he was Canadian. Thing. I don't think yeah, he, was he was Canadian. He wasn't, but he but he he counted as a as a as a non-import. Oh no, you're right. You're right. Uh, he wasn't. Well, he was designated as a national. You're right, but he was born yeah. in he was born in Orem, Utah. I think his mom been to, might have been one of his parents. I think was Canadian. I think his mom might have had like a Tim Hortons coffee when she was passing through Canada while she was pregnant with him, and they counted that. Yeah. As a... No, no, no. I don't know what the story is, but he was a, his <laughs> his status is a national. Yeah. Right. Yep. I mean, he comes out of Orem, Utah, and he went to Brigham Young University. Any anybody doubt the? Fa- oh, he was also at the Brigham Young. Mountain High School. Um, yeah. Anybody he doubt this part of his, Mormon? Uh, <laughs> yeah. What it says here is Cahoon spent part of his childhood in Cardston, Alberta, and therefore is considered a non-import under the CFL's <laughs> non, non-import rule. What a, what, what a ridiculous... So he lived somewhere for a certain period of time, so he becomes a non-import? That's correct. What's the point of this rule? Well, Charles, it's kind of the same as it's kind of the same as uh, 
I know CJ spent a year and a half in Regina, and I consider him a <laughs> no, 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 no. You know that? Oh, eh? No, I did not. I was, no, I did not spend any time in Regina at all. Okay, I was in a place called Unity, Saskatchewan. Well, it was more like North Battleford. <sighs> Over Lloyd Minster, Provo. Still part of Saskatchewan. Robert Kindersley. Yeah, it's yeah. not the Regina. Oh, yeah, it was part of Saskatchewan. I was there for a year and a half. It was the longest decade of my life. Couldn't get away from that place. Could, could not get away. <sighs> Anyhow. I, I listen to a Rush song, therefore I am a non-import. <laughs> a lot of people don't know Rush is a Canadian band, okay? Nope. Americans do not believe it. You tell them that Rush is a Canadian band, they go, no, they're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. where were you no, born? CJ, where Ooh. were you born? New Westminster. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm New West and grew up in Coquitlam. So, you know, I, would, I was, you know, 30K for my, my home for my entire life until I moved up to Merritt. I know why I was in Saskatchewan with my sister for some stupid reason married a dirt scratcher, a wheat farmer out there. And I went out there and stayed with them right out of high school because um, my dad had this manicured lawn. He just absolutely spent nothing but time on it. It was gorgeous and everything else. And they went to Europe and I had a grad party and somebody drove and did a big donut in the middle of my dad's grass. And I figured it was probably best that I wasn't in the province when he came back. So... <laughs> I jumped on a train and went to Saskatchewan and worked on the oil rigs for a year and a half. And I phoned my mom one day and said, I'm tired of this fucking place. Is dad still mad or can I come home? <laughs> and she said, I think your dad will let you home. So I went home. That's, that's kind of the story, okay? I was in Saskatchewan just to, <laughs> to avoid my, the wrath of my father. So you're a fugitive. That's basically your I was fugitive. A fu- I, 100% I was a fugitive. <laughs> Fugitive they, had no idea. they had no idea where I was actually for the first little while and my sister came and I was out there. She, I, I heard him screaming through the phone at my sister when I was on the phone and he was just so livid. And he's a he was a big man too. Like he's a tow boater, right? I mean this is this is somebody who went to the bar and scrapped for a living. Um, yeah, no, there's no way I was coming home. Not until he promised he wasn't going to kill me. <laughs> so that, that's that's why I was in Saskatchewan. Well, does that make sense? Are you okay with that? Absolutely. It, 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 it was a life life preservation move. <laughs> it had nothing to do. I with thought it was. I thought it was either a life preservation thing, or you knew a girl there, or something. So. I met a couple girls there, but, you know, hey, that's not the story I want to deal with right now. <laughs> Might be a few little Joneses running around Saskatchewan. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> hopefully they're not Riders fans. Hot seconds. <sighs> okay, so anyhow, we're done with this. Where where are we on this? Uh, I lost my thing here. Train of thought. 
CFL players, Brian Burnham retiring. Is he Hall of Fame bound? Charles, you you talk and then Will. I got to go for a second. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. He's got to go to the Hall of Fame. Uh, the guy was, for a long stretch, I think the best receiver in the CFL. I think he was the most dangerous receiver in the CFL. Uh, if I'm voting, I'm putting him in the Hall of Fame. No question. If someone like David Williams got into the Hall of Fame, who I'm not giving any shots to David Williams. He had some, a great career and stuff like that, and he played uh, really well. But when you look at the two and uh, – um, Burnham had a much longer uh, and much more sustained success. So, yeah, I think he would uh, certainly be, in my mind, he would certainly go to the Hall of Fame. Go ahead. Um, You know what? Go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, You know what? I don't know if he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Fame guy, but eventually he will be in the Hall of Fame. Um, he was a he was a good receiver, no doubt about it. He was a consistent receiver. I think you say that about all the good receivers; they're always consistent. Um, and I'm really, I'm actually really happy he's decided to retire because, you know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. He's been quite injury prone in the past couple of years. And uh, obviously, obviously he has a plan after football, which a lot of guys don't. So it's kind of cool that, you know, he's decided after eight years to make it a career. So, but yeah, I'd say eventually he'll be in the Hall of Fame. Go ahead. I'm back. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I'm I back. Agree. I'm back. I, I think eventually Hall of Fame for him. Um, he played enough years, obviously, to to be considered for the Hall of Fame. It's too bad they didn't get a great cup while he was on the team. But, uh, no, I think, uh, I mean, CFL careers aren't long. So he produced in, you know, every year he played, you know, a full season, he produced uh, big numbers, 1,000 yards. So, yeah, I think he'll definitely be considered for the Hall of Fame. Well, it, it's kind of, you know, considering some of the people that they brought into the hall, it, it, Brian's a no-brainer. Right? I mean, seriously, the guy is leaving a legacy in Vancouver. There's no doubt about that. Hello, what's going on? I don't hear anybody. We all had our I'm space. Here. We all kind of, we all kind of just agreed that oh. he's gonna he's gonna probably yep. get into the Hall of Fame and. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, there. Eventually. There's not much. Eventually? I don't know. I don't know how eventually it's going to be. I mean, reality says, I mean, is the Hall of Fame for the football very similar to the Hall of Fame for, like, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame where they only let five people a year in or something like that? Um, Baseball. I don't know if they have a limit or Bait, yeah, baseball is probably the toughest Hall of Fame to get into, eh? Which one? Baseball is probably the hardest Hall of Fame to get into. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just ask Pete Rose. Wait, wait, wow. though. Is there, is, there <laughs> such a, is there such a thing as Baseball as Hall of Fame? Sure. Yes. Baseball Hall of Fame? 
Is that a yeah, is yeah, that yeah. baseball? Is that a sport? Is that a sport? Wow. I, I think it's actually called rounders or something, but yeah, it is. Okay, we're it's, a bunch of fat guys by hanging out with each other, and yeah. um, it's, it's, okay, it's not as okay. I'm just I'm wondering about that. They're not. It's athletes. about uh, the least athletic sport that there is. But you have wow. to be a mathematician <laughs> to figure out the stats. Uh, hey, hang golf. on a second, Charles. Golf. Just, just no. Come Bowling. on, guys. Poker. <laughs> poker is considered a sport. Okay. Yeah. By some people, poker is a game. As far as I'm concerned, curling, golf, bowling, naked pickleball. I mean baseball. You throw the throw a baseball 95 miles an hour, and then try and hit it. Like that's not that's not easy. True. No. I mean that's. I don't think there's anything much harder than that. But it is boring to watch. I will agree. That's probably that's baseball's biggest problem is it's not the most exciting exciting to watch. In all honesty, nor is football. Okay, but the amount of time that the ball is actually in play, it's not a lot, right? And I, mean, I and I always contend, I always contend. There's more hockey fans than there are football fans because I'm sorry, hockey is easier to figure out. It's that simple. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, for for you know, we we always say that about the the intelligent status of football players is not extremely high, you know, but it's an extremely cerebral game. Not only to play, but to coach, to watch. Even the fans have to be, well, to know the game properly, you have to be intelligent. Okay? There's, it's a very complex game. It's a multi-dimensional, multi-level chess game. And you, you set all these players up to go and do things, and you make them go do them, and you try to compensate. It, it's a phenomenal game. It's very cerebral, but... The ball's not in play very much. At least hockey, that puck is moving for 60 minutes. Okay? In a game of hockey, the puck, the only time that the clock is ticking is when the puck is moving. You can't say that about football. And baseball is just as bad. I mean, you can play, you can put a, watch a baseball game and a football game at the same time. They run a play, and then you go flip the channel, throw a pitch, and then you flip it back, and you watch them run a play, and then you flip it back, and they pitch, and you flip it. You could watch two sports at the same time, no problems, and not have two screens. The odd time that they're over going to lap isn't going to happen very often. Bloody boring, in my fact. Anyhow, um, yeah, it doesn't take a rocket science to figure out baseball. Moving on. Cody Fajardo has not heard from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders since the end of the 2022 season. I've been waiting for this one. And what the fuck does he expect? He literally, literally 
tossed the team under the bus at the end of the season. Just went on social media and trashed them. And now he's expecting a phone call saying, we want you back. That's his MO. He did that to his receivers two years ago. There's, he was whining about them not going up for Hope in hell I would be phoning this guy. In fact, I would say he's done in the CFL. I don't think I mean, he's done in the CFL, but... I just, maybe Ottawa, they might be desperate enough that they need a, they need something. Cody Fajardo, Nick Arbuckle. Cody Fajardo, Nick Arbuckle. You already got Nick Arbuckle. Why would you go looking for Cody Fajardo? Yeah. Uh, to bring somebody into camp. Back up. But he's, a, he's also a headache, right? So. Oh, you tough. Fucking wild card. He he reminds me a great deal of Durant Carter. Don't mean uh, I don't know if I put him at that level. Yeah, Durant Carter I, I, is smarter. Durant Carter is smarter. Yes, I said that. <laughs> I, I just noticed we're going to talk about Durant in a bit. Okay, so we're going. But let's leave that one alone for now. Um, are you surprised, Charles, that Cody Fajardo has not got a call from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders? No. What are they going to say? We don't watch anymore. You suck. I mean, yeah, honestly, no. Or no, I mean, the, you, you're a dick. We don't want you back. You call me well, names. Well, you know, they obviously have nothing to say to him. They don't want anything to do with him anymore. Obviously, so why would they bother calling him? What are they going to say? Huh? How's it going? How's the weather there? No, I'm not surprised. They want nothing to do with them, so why would they call them? Okay. So why wouldn't you just release them? I know, I know the answer to this, so I'm just throwing it out there. I don't know. Because they're trying to see if they can find anybody better before free agency. And if they can't, well, they have the first shot at Cody, right? Fair enough. I mean, look at Chris Jones is releasing people all over the place. And yelling, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> You're gone, right? We don't want you back. Um, which is kind of good, in my opinion, is, is that if he's made his mind up on that one, why hold on to the person? But I honestly don't believe the Saskatchewan Rough Riders have made up their mind on what they're going to do with Cody Fajardo yet, and that's why they haven't phoned him. Well, he's not making it. He's making it easy for them not to make that phone call. He keeps oh, yeah. talking publicly. Like it's, Even just this, this interview with Three Down Nation. You, you, you shut the throat. fuck up. Keep your mouth shut. Don't say a he thing. He what? He loves to publicly feel sorry for himself. It's like he's gar- he's trying to garner sympathy. With who? Anyone that wants to give him a He's a jamoke. Okay? No one cares. Okay? I mean, if you diss the team that you play for, CJ has pointed this out a couple of times, how... Once Bo Levi Mitchell got benched, you didn't hear from him. He didn't say anything no. bad about the team at all. 
Okay? Nope. He's a smart nope. guy. Cody just flapped his lips about, oh, they don't believe me, so I'm not playing the last. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Okay? Of course they don't want you. Pretty fucking obvious. Yeah, no, 100%, I agree with you, Will. I, I did say that numerous times about Foley Levi Mitchell. And for a football player that I had zero respect for, I have a, a huge amount of respect for him and how he's handled this entire situation. And uh, I think he's done very well. I honestly don't think he's going to play football. And he's, he's going to do a Jerry and Durant with somebody and retire. You think? Uh, I, I, that would I don't be interesting. That. I, so I'm awesome having fun with that one. I think it would be hilarious. He'll end up somewhere. It's the CFL. He's going to end up somewhere. I don't know where, but he'll end up at someone's training camp. I, Especially I, I when you consider we were yeah, talking earlier about how bad the quarterbacking pool is right yeah. now. Yeah. Sure. At least he has experience. Yeah. And he's not a bad quarterback. He's just not a, an elite quarterback. And I know Will and I are going to disagree on this forever and ever and, and ever a day. But he's not a bad quarterback. And, you know, and, and he, he's a team player. And I, I, I like that. I respect that in him. Right? And, I mean, just the fact that he took those pay cuts way back when in 2019 when his – when, he signed that ridiculously stupid contract, him and Mike Riley. Well, he took pay cuts real quick and real fast on that one. Riley wasn't willing to do that quite so much. So, personally, I think... He was just overrated by I think Riley was underpaid at $750,000 to play that 2019 season with BC. He didn't get paid enough. So they had no hey, Rudy, line. what were you saying there? I was going to say he's over. Seattle uh, was overrated by uh, the uh, everyone, Ryder everyone? media and, and the Ryder fans. He was overrated and and – they assumed he was at an elite level, and he wasn't. He was a serviceable quarterback, but nothing, nothing special. And that played out uh, in all his playoff appearances. So, you obvious. ask Phil Miller. You ask Phil Miller about him, okay? The Phil Miller, he'll tell you. Cody Fajardo is the best quarterback the CFL has seen in oh, yeah, he was I don't know what the hell you guys are talking about. <laughs> yeah. 100%, right? He was the ultimate, ultimate, oh, ultimate yes. quarterback. You wait. You wait. Cody Fajardo, he is going to win a drink up for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and it's going to be a dynasty. <laughs> well, wait, guys. If he hadn't hit the goalpost in 2019, they would have been great cup champions. Come on. The pass was that pass was going to be incomplete. That's funny. Well, Will's correct. It, it, it's possible, but that being said, a really good quarterback wouldn't have hit the goalposts, right? 
Winnipeg should have won that game 10 times over in the last five minutes. I remember that. They had interceptions. They had a flag called. They they had like three turnovers and it just kept on coming. Saskatchewan had so many chances to, to put one in the end zone and tie that game up. And they just, uh, Winnipeg's defense came up big. But, um, yeah, so, you know, I guess you could say what if. What if if you would have pulled that out of the fire and then win a great cup? We we don't play what ifs on this game. Yeah. What what ifs are are the absolute worst thing for Will? You don't say what ifs. Woulda coulda shoulda with Will. It doesn't work. Nope. Okay. Oh, I I mean I I said before my first comment was that pass was never going to be completed. So I wasn't worried. Well, well you never know. It wasn't as exciting a game finish as that 2009 Grey Cup because that was absolutely amazing. That was probably the best Grey Cup finish ever. You don't I mean, get over this. Like even that. this year's was was pretty good, but 2009 I, I would, was I would, fucking awesome. I would strongly argue with you, CJ. For me, the best Grey Cup ever was the 2001 Grey Cup. Which okay. one? 2001. Oh. Hmm. Winnipeg, That's the Marcus Crandall game. Where Marcus Crandall beat the vaunted Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marcus Crandall. Beat the Eskimos right before, Crandall too. Is the Hall of Fame? Is Marcus Crandall no, in the Hall of Fame? No, but he should no, be. No, I don't think we, so. We, we're going to do it. We're going to do be. something about that. Yeah. I mean, you know, okay. You, if this is that we're, we're, what's your favorite Grey Cup of all time, there, Charles? My favorite one. Yeah. Uh, for me, my favorite Grey Cup. I'm going to say the '94 Grey Cup. The Lions beat Baltimore 26-23. Not only just because the Lions won it, because it was actually the first Grey Cup I ever attended in person. Okay. Brody, your what's your favorite? Yours? I have I have a few and um I'm gonna go uh um, no, you're not allowed to do you're two. one. Well how about one we should have one neutral pick where our teams aren't weren't in the game because we're all gonna just pick our our, our team. Um, no I we're think, not. I, I picked the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and Montreal Alouettes. I'll uh Yeah, you know, I'm gonna go with nineteen uh between nineteen ninety and two thousand nineteen, I guess. Because hammering Edmonton after all those years of them winning, it was nice to kick the shit out of them in 1990. Like that was a that was yeah, a but you did down. You didn't win another cup until. <laughs> yeah, so I will say 2000. I'll say 2019. The hammering, beating the shit out of Hamilton was was. Uh... Okay, so what was the worst Grey Cup, Charles? Which one did you worst use? Can you honestly say that you absolutely hate? Um, I was talking about it online today. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the one I hated. Let me see. Um, I'm I'm gonna say. Um, for me, the one I hated the most, I think, was probably probably one of Rudy's favorites, and that was the 1990 Grey Cup, where Winnipeg slaughtered Edmonton 50 to 11. <laughs> Uh, the game was like over by halftime. It was dull. No Rudy, drama, what's your no worst game? Worst, worst breakup. Um, two thousand, and I'd say, fuck it's a tie. 
2007, we lose Kevin Glenn because Charlie Roberts fumbled the ball all over the, the East final. And then we went into that game with Dinwiddie. We had one start and we had no chance. And then 2011, Swaggerville, we were a joke. And BC was way better than we were. It was, it was, it was no contest. Like watching that 2011 Grey Cup, I was bored. I'm like, we're going to get pumped. I mean, the East was bad as usual. And there was no, there was going to be no miracle East winning. And BC yeah, no, no. just hammered us. It was, it was like a no exhibition game. Yeah. And like, I Will, was not William. upset. William, your worst Grey Cup game ever. 2013, Saskatchewan. 2013, won. Saskatchewan won. Yeah, Saskatchewan yes, won. That's all that I need to At know. At home. Yeah. Okay. Oh, First the one I, I attended. A 98. I went to the uh, 98 Great Cup game. Here, it was a great game. Calgary Hamilton, McLaughlin uh, winning field goal. That was a hard fought football game. Jeff Garcia. Anybody want to guess? What CJ is going to pick is the worst CFL game of all times. I was talking about it today. A great cup game? The worst great cup game. A great game. cup game. I know which one it is, I think. What decade? <laughs> what, what, what decade? I think I realized. <laughs> Let Charles go. You tell me what it was. I'll say 88. Gonna... No. What was it, Charles? 1995. 1995. Those fucking losers, Saskatchewan, or the Calgary Stampeders lost to an American team, the Baltimore uh, Stallions. Was it Stallions? Yeah, Baltimore Stallions. Yep. And let the Grey Cup leave Canada. Okay? Yeah, I was talking about that game today because somebody had said that if, if there was an American team that wasn't didn't have to follow the ratio, would they win the Grey Cup constantly? And I said, fucking Baltimore Stallions would still be winning the Grey Cup every yeah. year if they were still in the league. Or Birmingham. It would have been the largest dynasty in, in, in CFL history. It, it would have been the – they would have won history. the Grey Cup until another American beat them. Yeah. Birmingham was getting good too. Yeah. Even, even oh, Shreveport was kicking people. Even Shreveport was taking people's asses in the last year. Like those, those yeah. American teams, they were, were getting better. Were, they, were, they were pathetic in the first. They year. were they were figuring yeah. it out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Baltimore so, got it together pretty quick. I mean, Don Matthews and and did all the American teams? Did they not use Canadians the first year and then and then no, they realized, no. hey, we don't have to fucking use. Um, no, Canadians no, no, all? no, 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 U.S. Yeah. immigration so. wouldn't let get the Canadians do it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it, it was literally so, against yeah. U.S. law for Canadians to be playing down there. So my favorite all-time Grey Cup, and it epitomizes the Grey Cup perfectly, was the 1979 Grey Cup. Oh. where the Montreal Alouettes put staples in their shoes in the second half of the game no, that was and won the game. That was 77. 77. That's right. It was. Okay, 77, whatever, whatever. Well, and then you, Wally then Buono you just... scored. Wally Buono had a pick six. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Edmonton, 
Well, they shot staples into their shoes. Into their shoes, do they not? Yep. To prevent them from sliding on the ice. Yeah. And it worked. And Montreal won the Grey Cup at home. Yep. And then lost two in a row. 78 and 79 to Edmonton. Yeah. Okay. Moving back into the agenda. Let's see what happens. So we were just talking about Cody Fajardo and he's gone. So I did not know this. Running back James Wilder Jr. says that he has been released by the Elks after suffering a broken back in 2022. Did you know he broke his back? No. Broken back or broken neck? It says broke. Oh, broke his neck. Sorry, he broke his neck. I had no idea that was what his problem was. They no. can't. Can they? Can they release him with a like? Yes, that kind of. Well, I think they can only release him if he's cleared to play. I thought you couldn't release an injured player. Yeah, I, I believe you're correct, but I think his contract is up this year. Do you know what I mean? And right. I, I don't believe that he's actually been released. I think he's been told that he's not being re-signed. Okay, well, that's a different and thing he, then. It is, and I think he just went to the media with a poor me thing. Which it is. I mean, I feel bad for him and everything else, but... Elks has not formally announced Wilder's release, but have already cleared several aging veterans from their roster, cutting six players, including Tony Washington and Deron Carter. So, no, he hasn't been released yet. I think he's just been told that he's not being re-signed and he's going to head to free agency. They are not right. obligated to support him after his contract is yeah. expired. Now, this is one of those health and welfare items the CFLPA has been working on and working on. And I don't disagree with them. I don't agree with the CFLPA on very much. I think it's a useless organization and they, they want way too much for what's available. But how do you walk away from somebody that broke his neck giving everything for your team? I, I don't agree with that. I mean, I, I understand he's out of contract, but this is where the league league and or the CFLPA should be stepping up here. I mean, there should be a, a fund set up for players who have debilitating injuries because of this. Now, I know every pretty much every O-lineman out there has had a disabilitating injury, but... You know, I, I keep going back and seeing uh, Jason Tucker with that neck brace thing on, right? And they're just going, how does that happen? And, you know, yeah, football's a, a mean, rough sport. But you have to take care of your own. You right. have to take that's, care of them. Imagine a serious injury like that. That's yeah, like, he needs that, spinal that's, surgery. Yeah, that's life altering. It is. But here's, here's the part that bothers me about this, okay? So he says, this season I broke my neck and I was told that I need spinal surgery to play. 
okay? You break your neck, you go for spinal surgery, and then you come back and play football? Yeah, must be a, that's gotta be a minor, idiot. minor break. It's got to be a minor break then, right, if you can even think about coming back to play football. Is there such a thing as a minor break when you're talking about a broken neck? Well, something's not adding up, right? Yes. Either he's either he's posturing, or yeah, it doesn't it doesn't make sense. So, uh, quite a while ago, going back at least ten, fifteen years ago, I was skiing on a little bunny hill with my kids, and I was skiing backwards and being a bit of a goof, and I grabbed an edge and I flipped over backwards and landed, smacked my head on the ground, really, really hard. I got up, I did not feel very good, I was very nauseous, tried to do one more run, couldn't do it, ended up being driven home. That was Friday night. Monday morning, I go see the doctor because I'm not feeling very good, and he sends me for x-rays, and then I go to work. So I'm driving from Abbotsford to New Westminster, I'm in New Westminster, and the doctor phones me, and he goes, hey, I need you to come back to the hospital. And I said, well, I'm in it, I'm in New Westminster. He says, I need you to turn around and come back to the hospital and drive really careful. Don't hit any bumps. I said, what the fuck are you talking about? He says, you've broken your neck. You need to come back to the hospital right now. And I went, this doesn't sound very good. So (laughs) I go back to the hospital. They put me in the CT machine, the CAT scan, and I get CAT scanned. And they come back and they said, oh, you haven't broken your neck. And I said, well, what, what do you mean? And they said, well, you went and had x-rays, and the amount of swelling that you had in the ligaments in your neck indicate that your neck was broken. We've never seen anybody that had swelling that much without their neck, your neck broken. doctor looks at me, and he goes, you're just one tough son of a bitch. And I went, but, but you made me come back from work. It, anyhow, that was my neck-breaking story. Um, but yeah, I mean, this, this is serious. If he literally needs to have spinal surgery to fix his neck, is he okay that he doesn't need the surgery if he doesn't want to play? Cause I wouldn't let anybody operate on my neck if it, if it wasn't absolutely essential. It wasn't have to be essential for my, uh, quality of life moving forward without football. Because I would never even contemplate playing football again. How, how does he say he needs spinal surgery to be able to play again? Uh, and what physical would he pass? How would he pass the physical with a new team? But now, if he can't pass the physical with a new team, you're right. I mean, the league should owe him something. If he can't pass a physical with another team and he got hurt right. while on the field, something has to give. Like, I don't know, workers' comp, but, I mean, something. There's got to be a some kind of recourse for him. Well, all the teams should be putting together to a fund right now for, the, for this identical scenario. Right? Well, it, may, it may never happen to the Toronto Argonauts, but it may happen to three or four Edmonton Elks. And, but why should the Elks continue to do this? Because it's not necessarily the team's fault that this happened. It's the, the fact that they're playing football at all. So it should be something that is spread equally amongst the nine teams. 
and and, yeah. and or the CFLPA. Because in reality, every player playing football should be paying a little bit into this fund. But anyhow, I kind of feel bad for James Wilder Jr., although I don't really – he's a little bit too arrogant and a little too mouthy. So I'm not totally believing all of this story. Mm-hmm. So we'll let it fly and see if there's anything else that comes up in the future on this one because, I don't know. William, you got something to say on this one? You're back in the weeds again. You know, well, I don't think too much of James Wilder Jr., but hey, if he's hurt and it happened in the CFL, they should take care of it. And once again, yeah. with him, you don't know if he's just blowing smoke for the sake of blowing smoke. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. If you remember correctly, if you remember correctly, after his first year in the CFL, he complained Toronto wasn't paying him enough because he had four kids or something like that. Yeah. And how yeah. is that yeah. the CFL's yeah. fault? Right? It's so not. They're paying him what he signed Keep the contract to play for. Keep your dick that in the That is correct. And he said he was never going to play in the CFL again, and guess what? He did. So well, only because um, the uh, the drive through window at Burger King job was taken. Whoops, did I say that? (laughs) And personally, to me, he's never been as good as he was in that first year either. I would agree with that, too. No, and nor was Chris Williams. Do you remember that with Hamilton? Yep. He had an absolutely amazing rookie season, kind of like this guy in Winnipeg. And then he said, well, I'm not sticking around for the second season. I want to go to the NFL. And, uh, and Hamilton wouldn't release him. And he said, I'm not playing for, with a rookie contract and, and with the potential to getting injured. And the, he said, release me so I can go to the NFL. And Hamilton, re- that was Kent Austin, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. Kent Austin refused to release him because he's a dickhead. And uh, Chris Williams refused to play the season, and he sat out. He sat out the season, and at the end of the season, his contract was up, and he went to the NFL, and he never did anything down there. And then he came back to the CFL and never did anything here, and he just was a a non-event. But that's another thing that you can get pissed off at Kent Austin for. How do you do that to somebody? Yeah, he's uh, old school. Cal Murphy, like Cal Murphy, was miserable like that. Every you know, every goes. Cal Murphy was not a nice guy. <laughs> Very Kent Austin. Like. Don't have to convince me. <laughs> no. Cool. Okay, the next one. We're running out of time here. We're 13 minutes left in the show. We got a couple of things left to do, and I kind of want to talk about them. Um, Anthony, Cavell, Anthony Calvillo believes that he's ready for the CFL head coach, but has not been interviewed by the Montreal coaching for the co- Montreal coaching job. Should he be considered? Okay. Uh, Will and I both have talked about this just very briefly. My answer is no. I don't think he's that good of a coach, period. Uh, he came out as an offensive coordinator a long time back, and he sunk it up. Then he came out as a uh, – went away for a while, went 
coach down in youth sports, came back as a quarterback coach or a receivers coach, did okay. Now he's been elevated to the uh, offensive coordinator's position, and he's done okay. There's nothing amazing about what Montreal's done over there. And then, uh, and now he thinks he can be a head coach. I don't care. Montreal, sure. Let him be the head coach. But I wouldn't want him on my team. I don't think he's... I don't think Danny Machoch is that stupid. I think Danny Machoch is not that stupid, though. I don't think he's coaching material. Period. I don't think I'd have him on my coaching staff. I agree. Uh, OC is probably a stretch. Yeah. I'm not saying that the man doesn't have experience and he doesn't have knowledge and he just he just doesn't seem like personality to be a coach. He's too laid back. He's too, he's a nice guy. I don't don't get me wrong. I don't like him as a quarterback and I don't like him as a coach. As a human being, he's amazing. But yeah. He's got to take a serious look in the mirror when he says shit like this because it'll, the guy looking back at him is going to be laughing. I mean, I think for him, he should. He, what he should have said is, "I still need some time to, you know, be an OC and and just, you know, be around the game more from that from the coaching perspective. Then, then maybe accept the head coaching job in five or six years. But I think that would be his progression." And not saying he'd be successful, but if he wanted any kind, any chance of being a successful coach, that's probably the route he should take. When did he Damon Allen wants a job Montreal. as a general manager in the CFL. That blows yeah. my fucking mind. What was that, Charles? Yeah. Charles, what was that? When, when did he become an OC for uh, Montreal? How long has he been there as the OC? Oh, I think it's only one year. Okay, yeah. yeah. You don't have nearly the experience you need to be a head coach. One year is not enough. No, No, even if it was two. Yeah, And and this year was turmoil, right? I mean, Kahari Jones being fired, Danny Machocha taking over, yada, yada, yada. No, this was not a good year to learn. No. It's not like he had a mentor or anything. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure him and Kahari Jones would have got along really well. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if he, Anthony Cavillo is even on the coaching staff come training camp. He might not even be part of the Alouettes. He might be part of the Red Blacks by then. Well, the Owls he could be the, the Owls yeah. He would be the QB or receivers coach in Ottawa quite easily. William, Anthony Calvillo, head coach. Montreal Alouettes. Well, you already said you don't think nope. the coach is that stupid, right? Yeah. Charles? Well, yeah, but, uh, but don't okay. forget, Machocha did hire him as a coach, and he also did uh, give him the OC's job. So maybe Machocha is that stupid. Maybe he'll hire him knowing that he'll have to fire him at some point so he can coach again. <laughs> or maybe he'll, hire him, maybe he'll hire him knowing that he can control him. Because that's what Danny Machocha likes to do. Well, I, mean, I like Charles' answer better. 
Yeah, don't forget well, the owls. The owls don't have a lot of money to spend, right? So they don't. They might take a cheap coach that'll work for. Well, yeah, they're, they're what, still uh, paying Kahari. Or yeah. are they? Or are they? No, because he got a job right away. No, no, he got a job right away. Or was he in the yeah, last he's year? He's with Ottawa now. But what, no, I think his contract was up at the end of the season. Yeah. Oh, was it? Right. Yeah, because I think it was a two-year deal because it wasn't Machocha that hired him. Nope. I think it was Gary, Gary yeah. Stern did. Yeah. And then they brought in Machocha, and Machocha didn't like Kahari at all and suffered through him one year and then let him play the next year, and then he fired him. And he only fired him because I think that was, he fired him when Gary Stern had stepped back from the team. Right. So, and Vernon Adams was the man in that town, and he's not anymore. Okay, getting away from Anthony Calvillo here. Let's. Uh, he's not. He's not a great football player. Mm. TSN's Glenn Suter believes history as a bad teammate tarnishes Deron Carter's CFL legacy. Why is everybody talking about legacies in the CFL? I mean, seriously. Like being the tallest midget or something. I, I didn't read this article. I don't really care what Glenn Suter says and anything else. He's just pissed that Deron Carter is not a Scatch and Rough Rider anymore or left or whatever. Um, I mean, he was only there because of Chris Jones. And when Chris Jones left Saskatchewan, you knew that Deron Carter wasn't going to stick around, and he ended up being back at the Elks. When Jones went back there, I think he went from Saskatchewan to BC, didn't he, Charles? Yep. Uh, he uh, yeah, he did. He did. Yeah, yeah. He did. And and now he's off to the Elks. Good place for him. Um, and no, he's been released from the Elks. Yeah. His his time in the CFL, I believe, is now over. I don't think anybody's going to pick up Duran. Uh is he been a bad teammate? I don't think you can call him a bad teammate. You know what? Apparently, I don't think anybody really said anything bad about him. None of the players complained about him. Nick Lewis no. said he was a great teammate. So, yeah. So this now is just Suter making shit up for riders. His family. dad was a bad. His dad was a bad teammate. His dad was an asshole. Yeah, or is. But. But no, I think Deron Carter player, wanted sorry. to be liked by everybody. What's that? He was a good football what did you say, player. Will? His dad. He was a great football His dad player. Dad was a good football he... player. Huh? Oh, Deron was a good football player. Yeah, he was. No, no. Deron, yeah, both of them were. Deron was an amazing football player. He just but Will's he, right. he had a uh, stupid mind. Dad, yeah. But Will's right. Deron's dad, Chris Carter, was a phenomenal football player. I mean, Jerome Carter had the potential to be anybody he wanted to be in the CFL, and he chose to be a jackass. So, you know, his showboating was just, it was absolutely too much. His talent was there. Absolutely his talent was there. That catch, that catch he had that year in 
Saskatchewan. In my mind, that's probably one of the greatest all-time catches in the CFL. Yeah. So. Okay, where am I? Three minutes. Three minutes left in the show. So, yeah, keep going about, let's talk about something. What are we going to talk about now? We're going to go away for Christmas, okay? And y- yep. everybody's okay with that, right? Yep. 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 Okay, so, like, when are we going to come back? Uh, after oh, Christmas. What just happened? <laughs> Shut up. After Christmas. I'm just looking there. Uh, so, do you want to come Jan- back on January 5th? January 5th? Yeah, that would probably work. So, we're taking just about a month off. Come back Jan- Thursday, January 5th. And, uh, and then we're, like, Five weeks away from free agency, if free agency's on on Valentine's Day or somewhere around there, isn't it? Yeah. It's usually about the yeah. Tuesday, which is the fourteenth. Schedule will be out. Possibly should be. Yeah, it should be by then. Yeah. So we're gonna what? Not by January fifth. I thought I heard the schedule was gonna be out before the end of the year. Well, okay. Well, so be it. Well, maybe not, um, but I thought that's what I last, heard. Last year it was, yeah. but they rushed the schedule from last year, an absolute piece of shit. So hopefully they take an extra month and do a better job. Yeah. Okay, so January 5th is our next show, um, and let's just wrap this thing up and make it happen. Uh, this has been, uh, ooh, where are we? Hang on this. Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode 514. I've been your host, Christopher Jones. We got to talk football, 120 minutes of football. It was a good, good show, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, we, uh, like I said, we're going to wrap this up. We're going to go off and have some Christmas and New Year's and come back on the 5th of January. Uh, it's been wonderful having uh, you on. Rudy, you're new. Okay. Thanks for coming on. You're doing a good job. Thank you, you for having me. You have me. to wait. You have to wait to be told to talk as opposed to just blurting shit out. Okay? But, you know, we'll work on that. I'll cut you off at the knees a few times. I've been really polite so far, so it's gonna, that's going to change. New, New Year's is going to change. Uh, but uh, I, Merry Christmas to everybody. Thank you very much all for coming in. Yeah, go ahead, Rudy. Say something. Nope. Uh, thank you very much for say, having say me. Say goodnight. And, uh, and goodnight, and have a great uh, Christmas, everyone. Okay, Charles, up to you, brother. Yeah, well, I hope everyone has a good Christmas uh, and New Year's, and we look uh, forward to talking to you all in January. William, my friend, it was really good that you were able to come on to the show. I know that you weren't going to. Yeah, I'm not wishing everybody Merry Christmas. It's too early. Fuck that. We'll do it online later. Anyways, well, of course we're doing but, it online later. We're doing this for the benefit of I the did, fans. I, I did enjoy. I did enjoy the show tonight, even though I wasn't going to be on. We did have some stuff to talk about. So, go schooners, go. Good night. <laughs>